Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This is Hemant. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please make a contribution at patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. So Hemant. Yes. Before we get started. Yes. I told you I had a surprise for you. Oh boy. And guess what it is. What is it? There's a bottle of... Corbell. It's champagne. Ooh. Do you know why? Why? Do you know what today is? I have no idea what today is. Today is our third podcast anniversary. No way. It is. Hey, hey, go us. So I uh, picked this up on the way over. I tried to get a really cheap one, but it was warm. <laughs> and I'm not doing that to myself again. So this is the cheapest cold one they had. Hey, hey go so us. So congratulations. I'm sure you got me something really nice. Uh, I will take it off air. <laughs> I got you the bottle of wine we started two weeks ago. <laughs> You're no, welcome. Nothing You're welcome. like a two-week-old bottle I of go wine to show out. me you care. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm just going to pop this bad boy open. All right. Woo! Well, that was a really good sound effect. That was. Good for me. I didn't even spill. <laughs> so what else is going on in the news? Oh, oh, there's so much. Uh, hey, thanks for listening for uh, as long as we've been doing this. I'm yeah. really proud of the fact that we've been going for three years. Three nonstop. years. Haven't missed a week. Damn Almost right. did last week. Almost did. Had a little incident. We're I, done with that. It's fixed. It's We're all fixed. good now. We just had to do almost three takes on a uh, intro to a different episode. So we're cheers. Something. Cheers. Woo. All right. Um, I did listen to your episode last week. You say very nice things about me when I'm not around. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, when the recording shut off. Uh, <laughs> <you never> know. <laughs> um, <laughs> here's the story I want to start with. Okay. Uh, something that ha- uh, came up this past week, which was it was a front page story on like the Sunday New York Times. It's okay. like the biggest journalistic real estate ever, which was about the rise of the religious left, which sounds different. I mean, they've been around forever. There are always liberal religious people out there. Yeah, we always condemn kind of the religious right and all the horrible policy decisions they make. Mm -hmm. But what about the religious left? Because there are liberal Christians out there. There are liberals who are like, yes, church-state separation. Yes to, you know, policies to help refugees Mm -hmm. and uh, health care for everybody, all that stuff. Those bastards. But they don't seem to get a lot of traction. You never really hear about the religious left people. Right. So what this was saying is in the era of Trump, they're, I mean, they've always been around, but now they're actually getting heard because mm-hmm. their message is really uh, taking over. And the question is, will Democrats, like... I think for a lot of religious people, they feel the Democrats don't really listen to them, which is funny because as an atheist, I don't think either party is listening to us. Right. Um, but the Democrats may be uh, wise to, yeah. You don't, they don't think the Democrats are listening to them? They don't think the Democrats are listening what, to them. Actually, in what specific five ways I would love I'll, to hear? I'll tell you what one of them, Jim Wallace has been kind of the figurehead for the religious left for a long time. He works with a group called Sojourners, written a lot of what stuff. What is it? Uh, Sojourners. Sojourners? Yeah, I'll spell that for you at some Sojourners? point. Sojourners? Sojourners? Nah, like Sojourner know. Truth? Yes. The spelling, I think, is the yeah. same. I didn't mean to call um, out it's all your good. pronunciation. Um, no, no, no. It's all good. Uh, so Jim Wallace, who's usually good on a lot of these issues, we probably agree with him on a lot of stuff. Uh-huh. Um, he actually said, quote, most progressive religious leaders I talk to, almost all of them feel dissed by the left. The left is really controlled. Um, wait, wait, wait. The left is really controlled by a lot of secular fundamentalists. That one rubbed me the wrong way. Oh, did it? Oh, yeah. did it? Was yeah. it when he said dist? Because my head exploded when that happened. Dist didn't bother me. But the you idea is wrong. You know what? It should because it is 2017. <laughs> okay, I, know, I know I'm focusing <laughs> on the wrong thing. I just, as soon as you said that, I like lost my mind. So I'm sorry. Can we walk through that yeah. slowly? Most progressive leaders I talk to, almost all of them feel dist by the left. The left is really controlled by a lot of secular fundamentalists, which is weird because that makes it sound like Democrats are run by atheists. And sure. I'm like, really? Because they don't listen to atheists at all. What? 
just Democrats are way too said, conservative he said or fundamental uh, atheist, a secular fundamentalist. Which what do you what think does that, that mean? Means? It means we drink coffee and like blog. That's what it means. Yeah, because what is a secular fundamentalist? Well, no one is saying everyone has to be an atheist. Sure. No one is saying you can't have religion ever. That's yeah. not what and we're doing. And I feel doing. like that is such a <laughs> like you tack fundamentalist onto anything, and you're like, oh, it's bad. But right. like. Uh, that's not a thing. Like, fun- no, that's like. You realize, uh, like, in 2016, Hillary Clinton was it like has taught Sunday school, yeah. and her running mate Tim Kaine was like a m- former missionary, Catholic, McGatholic. He was he? No. Yeah, he was Catholic. Was wasn't he Catholic? He? I Fuck. can't remember. He's so out of my mind right now. Um, don't, but don't tweet me out. They that. are they are a religious bunch of people. Yeah. Obama clearly religious. Mm. Uh, Biden devoutly Catholic. Mm-hmm. I mean, so the left is not really run by atheists at all. No. So I don't really get I mean, the secular there, fundamentalist bit. There is an argument. I mean, not an argument to be made, but like Bernie Sanders was secular, but a he didn't win. B he didn't have <laughs> right. the, the wide support of the DNC. And C he's one dude in the last two hundred yeah, years. Exactly. Uh, and now there are okay Wallace's really dumb comment aside. There are some religious leaders on the left who are actually doing some really good stuff. So William J. Barber II, uh, the guy who leads the, quote, Moral Monday movement. Catholic, I was right. Tim Kaine is totally Catholic. you win. Uh, The Moral Monday movement in North Carolina. I mean, this guy, William Barber, this reverend, he was kind of the driving force to get Pat McCrory, the Mm. guy who was like bathroom bill, all that horrible stuff. He Not got him out of office. office. I mean, that that movement had some teeth to it. Mm-hmm. And every time I've heard this guy speak, he's saying totally sensible things. Yes, cloaking them in biblical verses sure. and stuff. But he's fighting for the right issues, you mm-hmm. know? And so here's kind of the question that I'm wondering right now, which is a couple of questions. Will they get enough power to ever dislodge the religious right anytime soon in terms of who has more power mm-hmm. religious, right? Every time we hear about them, they seem to be on the decline. Like their sure. followers are dying out. They've been around <laughs> Literally forever, dying out. but then they got Donald Trump and they're kind of having a resurgence. Like everyone in the administration is pretty much on the religious, right? Mike Pence is on the religious, right? Yeah. Um, Mike Pence is, there's an argument to be made. I mean, and we've talked about this before. It could be on our great last episode, but, yeah. but the idea of, of religious people are now putting party before their own religion with, yeah. with a vote for Trump. Like that's, hey, grab someone's pussy, whatever. He's well, going to pass gun, whatever gun stuff but, we want and abortion. His, and, and his like sort of um, kowtowing to religion is so transparent because he's very clearly not a religious man or I shouldn't say Trump. that he's, he's very, yes, he's yeah. very clearly not a devoutly Christian I don't think he man. thinks about religion. No, I, I don't, don't think, think he, he thinks about a lot either. of things. And I think he has the privilege not to, yeah. but like, what did he say? Like the two Corinthians thing? Yeah, like the, the I'm an atheist <laughs> and an idiot and I know it's second Corinthians. Like, right. I, so anyway, continue. I no. So this. the question is, will they really get that sort of power to really change a lot of elections everywhere? And the whole point of the article was they're starting to get some of that cachet. And a lot of, I think younger religious people too are like, yeah, I'll, I'll get behind this movement. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing they didn't really talk about in the New York Times article, and in general, I think, whenever they talk about this religious left movement, mm-hmm. it is more inclusive. Like, they are talking about, you know, liberal Muslims who are sick of, you know, Trump-type policies. Uh-huh. That's part of that. Um, religious people who are nuns, you know, who are, I believe in something, but I'm not part of an organized religion. I think that they're included in here, too. Sure. What I don't hear them saying is... Uh, they really don't talk about including atheists in that movement. And Mm -hmm. by definition, I get like, yeah, the religious left isn't going to include atheists either. But it seems if the Democrats want to take advantage of this, Mm -hmm. um, they should definitely reach out to the religious left, which they are. I mean, uh, William Barber, the guy I just mentioned, he spoke at the convention, at the Democratic convention this year, last year. So they are doing some outreach of Mm -hmm. sorts. As atheists, do we get behind this? So, uh, the thing is, if you're doing the right thing for a reason that is what I view is, like, not necessarily correct or sound, you're still doing the right thing. Like, I'm willing to... Listen, if... I don't care... Again, and I've said this a lot. Like, I don't care if you're religious. I don't care how you get to your morals. But if your morals land you at, hey maybe we should treat gay people nicer or like, Hey, maybe we should stop shooting black people in the street. (laughs) Like that's fine. Like I'm on your team and I'm, I am not going to be dragged down by 
or you go to church Sundays or whatever. Like I, I could not care less if they are, if they are doing what their faith dictates and actually giving to the poor and helping their fellow man, then yeah, I'm a hundred percent on their page. I do wish they would reach out, but I don't know. Like I don't take it personal. Most people don't think about us. I, I think there are two kind of issues that you're bringing up that, you know, one is the policy issue. Mm-hmm. And that to me is the bigger, the more important issue. Cause that affects us on mm-hmm. a day to day basis. Right. And if these people, like you're saying, if they're on the right side, but for the wrong reasons per se, who cares? Mm-hmm. Get behind, like, let's push for these policy decisions that we can all get behind. Um, and then the second issue is what do they believe? What do, what do they do on a Sunday or sure. something? I don't care. Could not if, care less. Like we can have that debate later. And I know they're atheists who are like they're religious, so they're wrong. Let's argue about it. Fine. The thing is, I don't want to have that debate later. I don't give a shit. But I this, don't care. That's the issue. Like, right? If they care about the right policy, yeah. then fine. Let's cool. let's join Welcome forces. Welcome to the team, buddy. If you want to have this argument about religion, have it separately that's a different issue i don't want to be near it (laughs) you don't there is a lot of atheists who do which is fine go have that philosophical debate another time i'm not i'm not dogging on people who like like because listen obviously i like to debate and yell and and get engaged but like for me i'm not going to sit and have a debate with somebody on whether or not they should go to church because i really don't care as soon as they take it doesn't affect me it doesn't affect me do whatever the fuck you want behind behind closed doors or wherever as long as it doesn't affect me i'm cool right god did i paint myself into a uh argumentative corner somewhere Nah, no one will ever write um (laughs) no one will complain i'm sure it's the internet no one complains so anyway, <laughs> Democrats would be smart. I mean, I think one of the frustrations a lot of religious people have with Democrats is mm-hmm. that they always, if they're religious, they kind of back off of it. They don't parade it as much, mm-hmm. which is good. <laughs> and Fine. it doesn't really bother me, but I think it bothers them. I think the issue is they Democrats often come off as disingenuous when they talk about religion. Yeah. Because uh, very few of them are like Joe Biden, who kind of wears down. his Catholicism on his sleeve. Mm-hmm. If they're like Obama, they're like, they kind of bring it up. But like, yeah, I'm, I'm right. a Christian. I'll bring it up at these moments. And they're not happy with that. Because mm-hmm. like, if you are going all the way and push for these issues. <sighs> so the Democrats don't have this comfortable position with religious people. Right. But and I know as an atheist, I mean, there are zero in Congress openly atheist in Congress. So I wish they would just be more honest about it. Say you're religious. I mean, there was a debate among Democrats recently where the question is, will the Democratic Party as an organization support candidates who, because of their faith or whatever, might be against abortion? And the argument from, I think, from the DNC was, we're not supporting candidates who aren't backing, you know, a woman's choice. But then the question is, are you alienating people who might be on your side? Well, the argument there is, again, I don't care what they believe if as long as their public position is I'm going to support a woman's right to choose, which, Mm -hmm. again, this goes back to like the Joe Biden position. Mm -hmm. I don't care what he believes as a Catholic. Mm -hmm. As long as he's supporting a woman's right to choose, then why should it doesn't matter to me? And I think that should be the Democratic position as well. We don't care what you believe. I mean, a guy I wanted to bring this up, too. There was a guy who's the leader of the Liberal Democrats in London, in Mm -hmm. in the UK. It's the fourth largest party in the UK, but it's a small fraction of the 650, I think, House of Commons members they have. They only have like 12. It's really small. But it's a fun group, though. I'm sure. The leader was an evangelical Christian, and he actually backed down from the leadership role this week. I don't know if he's going to leave the party uh, like for good, Mm -hmm. but he's no longer going to be their leader. And he said the reason is I can't reconcile my party's platform, more or less, which is a progressive platform, with his evangelical views. And to me, that was just that was surprising only because it's easy to figure that out. Just say, look, I believe this stuff on a personal level, but as a politician, as someone who's got making policy for everybody, mm-hmm. I would never want to impose my religious beliefs. So I'm going to back the position of my party, even if I don't necessarily agree with it. It's something American politicians do all the time, mm-hmm. uh, at least in my head, maybe some Democrats well, anyway, but I mean, so like Tim Kaine is a really good example of that, who very frequently would say, I'm, you know, I'm I don't like abortions. I'm personally pro-life, but when I govern, I'm pro-choice because I don't believe I have the right which which is great on several levels. The one level that it makes me feel icky is that there's definitely still a air of like moral superiority 
of of assigning abortion abortions are necessarily morally bad and i would i i would never do it but if you want to do it that's fine like it kind of gives him this like perceived moral high ground and it's a sign it's saying that like this is a bad thing i think you should be it's a it's a necessary evil all of that kind of thing and i think that stigma around around abortions is sort of what we need to be getting after next because i feel like for most reasonable human beings, nobody is talking about like, Ugh, I have to take birth control or like, uh, like I don't want to get an IUD, but like, you know, I need to. It, it doesn't have that same stigma. Um, but I think, uh, I don't think abortion definitely still has that. So I think there needs to be a shift in how we talk about it. Um, in the case of this British guy, his name is Tim Farron. Uh, what precipitated this, the reason he was so, you know, weird about his personal beliefs versus the party platform is because they kept asking him, I guess. Really? And I didn't follow Who's this closely. They, they the press, they, the press okay. and, and people who were questioning him, I guess, at like their version of town hall meetings and whatnot, was what do you think about homosexuality and specifically like gay sex? Um, because this has to do with the party platform. Do you support LGBT rights, more or less? I'm sorry. So they Saying, him, what do you think of gay people? What do you think of gay sex? I, had like, to, I read on, that in dude. several articles. They're really straight up asking, Why? what do you think about it? Do you think it's icky? Do you think it's normal? What is it? Oh is it a sin? God. And basically, he didn't answer for the longest time. He's He didn't want to answer the question. Well, and then finally, when gross. he did... It's <laughs> like, like a gross who, question. Yeah, I don't care about your beliefs about what people do in the bedroom. It doesn't matter. He he eventually said it wasn't a sin, but it's like at that point, it's Ugh. way too little too late. And I know you don't actually believe that. And this was like a scandal, which, you know, in Britain, that was a scandal. I wish Bless we had that. Their sort hearts. Of, I know. Oh, you guys. Um, but anyway, that's that's kind of the thing. He's like, I don't want to go through that again. So he stepped down. No, I mean. It sounded really harrowing. Somebody, <laughs> somebody asked him four questions. I know, and now uh, he's out. I don't know how, <laughs> how his political career survived that. Oh, Britain. All right, I want to bring up a totally non-political point. Uh, here's a kind of sad story that I just came across this last sad night, stories. and it's a really sad thing. Um, okay, so earlier this week, uh, a 43-year-old man named Ben Dillon died. I don't really know the reason, as far as I can tell, you know, good guy, worked with his church, everyone loved this guy, mm. he had two little kids, so mm. you really feel bad for his family and his wife that are dealing with all this right now. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's very sad. His brother is the pastor of the church that they all worked at. It's a smaller family church. Mm -hmm. His brother posted a video on Facebook urging people to pray for him to be resurrected. Um, yeah. Saying, I want you all to, to pray for him to come back to life. Oh, no. His wife has been praying for him all week to come back to life. We're hoping that a miracle will happen. Like, Oh my God! It's so strange to watch, and I'm not so uncomfortable. Just to be clear, right I am not making fun of these people. No, they're no, grieving. No, 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 you would no, never no, want to no, no, attack no, their grief. But they're. Li I'm, I'm going to quote what he said in the video. Ever since Monday morning, we've been praying for resurrection. You should see his wife Micah as she continues to worship God and continue to try to call her husband back. Where's the body? Um, I I don't think they've buried it yet, so it's oh, wherever fuck. bodies are. Over the next 24 hours, he said till his memorial service, and even then, we're going to still call on god to raise ben back and the whole as i'm watching this one i'm like that's weird but okay it's not what i would do but that's a little weird but then part of me got angry because i'm like they're basically telling these children this guy's kids oh no if you pray hard enough if you have enough faith daddy might come back which seems so cruel like he's not i'm sorry he's, he's not, not gonna coming come back, back and those if those kids blame themselves, I mean that 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 it's sort of involved, like that that's sort of tied into the whole Christian thing is like you do good things, you do good works, and good you know good things. Or you believe in Christ, and good things happen to you. Yeah. So I feel like the sort of, and I'm I'm curious if if um religious or former religious formerly religious listeners have this of if a bad thing happens to me. Does that mean I did something bad or I sinned and I... Like and there are some people, because uh, we post about them all the time, but religious right figures who are like, 
if the weather is bad, I think David Barton, the pseudo historian, said this this week. Like, if the weather is bad, it's because God is punishing you for something, which makes no sense. And he, there's so many examples. Was to the he contrary. the one who blamed Hurricane Katrina on the gays? Uh, no, it wasn't the same guy, but it's the same family of people. More, right. I mean, it's the same type of people, more or less. But anyway, this idea that if you don't have faith, or if you no. have enough faith, maybe Daddy will come back. Oh, like, he's not. God, those children yeah it seems so mean because and it's not just about the kids too it's does this guy actually think there's a chance this guy's coming back like the the obituaries have been written the the Mm -hmm. guy's gone i'm sorry that's awful and i i wouldn't even be saying anything if they were just saying we'll all see him in heaven again because that's what everybody says about yeah, and it's like, that that goes to the afterlife. That's just a nice thought you could carry with you, right. even if I think it's wrong. Right. You can carry that with you through your life and whatever. This is literally saying, hey, next week, Daddy might be back home. Ugh, like, that's my so goodness. sad. Um, that reminds me, and I'm trying to find it, but I doubt I will in time. Um, there was an episode of The Dollop, which yes. has come up a lot. I'm sorry. I'm just a fangirl. Um, but it is about, uh, I'm going to try to find it, but it's about resurrections in Australia Okay. and basically how a, multiple people were murdered because, did I say resurre- resurrections? Yes. I meant, um, what's the thing where you have the spirit in you and you seance? Se- no, the thing like the pol- uh, not poltergeist. Come on, Jessica. Exorcism. Exorcism. Yeah. Thank you. Exorcisms of Australia or something like that. And it's just these stories of this woman they thought was, you know, this man had his wife and she was having a seizure or something. And all of a sudden they bring in all of these people and they're like sitting on her and like choking her and she dies. And then she is just in their house and they're praying over her for like four days in Australia without AC and all the cons. And it's just this sort of, at what point, at what point is it not faith? And it's just sort of, a break in reality. And it's I don't mean, creepy. and again, I don't mean to shed, um, not yeah. shed light, but make light of this because this is tragic. But like, at what point are we all not going to be like, Hey honey, like this is tragic and this is awful, but this isn't helping you not allowing yourself and your family and your community to move on. isn't going to help anybody. And it's not, you're no longer associating with reality in any meaningful way. Like, yeah, you can say, oh, this happened for a reason, or you can make connections in your head as often as you want, and people do that all the time. But this is getting psycho- like psychologically dangerous. Like, yeah. this is emotional trauma for these kids. And these people are from uh, Franklin, Virginia. I mean, uh, I don't know the city. It's a small city, I think. But, um, yeah, it's not like they have a huge community of people who would probably disagree with them. Like, right. they probably live in a... a bubble and so there's a lot of people who are probably behind them on this and what was freaky to me is that if you look at the facebook comments where he posted this video Uh they didn't say what are you doing they were all like amen hallelujah Um, yay good luck yes um that episode i was talking about australian exorcists episode 76 of the dollop excellent um i want to bring this up because i don't i'm not going to be I'm not going to be dumb enough to talk about this, but I want to bring it up because you might have a fun reaction to this. Oh my God, I'm already sweating. This goes to February. (laughs) Uh, This male chiropractor. Oh God. So let's start there. My two least favorite things, men and chiropractors. (laughs) JK man. He made a product. It actually got patented a while ago, but he released it and was on his website. Um, It was a menstrual product. No, this guy, he's back. This guy, he's back. Uh, So this is going back to February. He made a product called Feminine Lipstick. And I'm going to read. Was it just in February? It was just in February. Oh, we've lived so many lives this since was, then. <laughs> this was lipstick that basically, I'm going to wait till you're done drinking that. No, no, no. I've heard it before uh, and it's upsetting. I'm going to, sorry if your kids are in the car or something. It's straight up glues your labia shut in order to oh. prevent menstrual blood from coming out. Um, but don't worry, when you have to pee, it'll undo the seal. Okay. Which, <laughs> that's what this I just guy made. I a few. Like, has this guy ever looked at genitalia ever (laughs) or understood how it works? Or does he know that menstruation is also wet? Is that? I just have a lot of questions questions. for this guy. Well, he's back. Uh, Daniel Dops. You know, thank God. Things are getting boring around here. He made a new product. It's a panty liner. Wait for it. Um, (laughs) I'm just going to read the description because I don't know what the hell else to say about this. Okay. Um, 
the powder will transfer to the labia minora as no. the panty liner is worn. No. Moisture activates the powder and creates the menses seal. Menses is the company name. Menses. You know, creates the menses seal without the panty liner ever sticking to you. Um, blah, blah, blah. The panty liner stays clean and dry. You are leak-free until you urinate. He basically made a panty liner that does absolutely nothing that any woman I know actually wants Wait, it so to do. Wait, so his invention is like that gross labia lipstick, mm-hmm. but just put onto a panty liner? More or less. And then... <laughs> yeah, I guess. And then... My favorite part. I love is that he's like, and the panty liner stays dry. Like, that's my number one concern <laughs> is I want to make sure my panty liners look like new when I'm done with them. Yes, I'm sure. Uh, the best part about that whole website, yeah. the product part of the website, is he has a list of what could improve in your life by using Men Says products. And I'm that list... I'm so mad at that name. I know I was silent when you said it before, but it's just because my head was silently imploded. M-E-N-S-E-Z. Men Says. this guy. Or Menses, because yeah, why no, not? Yeah, I get it. It's stupid. Nobody oh, calls I it know. Menses anymore. <laughs> uh, what could improve in your life because you're using these products? Horseback riding. Dinner with the girls. God Board, fucking damn it. Boardwalk on your longboard. A spring wait, wedding. Wait, 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 back up. Yeah. Boardwalk on your I, longboard? That's literally what he says. Movie marathon, final exams, date night, running errands, backyard picnic, casino luck. The slot machines will be ever in your favor if you wear this stuff, casino apparently. luck. Yeah. Your luck will improve. And my, my favorite, Voga class. Shut the fuck up, Hammond. Voga class. I don't class. have time for this anymore. I assume that's a typo, but with this guy, who knows? Who knows? Okay, I have some questions. I'm sure you you can answer none of them. I'm sure many women have questions. (laughs) (laughs) How? How and why? And who is, like, where, why is he funded? Does he have patents? It's a good, he does have a patent on the lipstick. Like, are these actual products? Or is this some guy doing, like, a long-term troll? (laughs) In which case, I would applaud him so hard. Because he would be, like, the definition of Poe's Law. Like, the dictionary would have his dumb face on it. He does have a patent on the lipstick, which is why we even know about this. But nothing is available for purchase, which lends itself to the idea that this is a troll, but who knows? I just had so many gross thoughts. <laughs> and I just... Let's go to a less gross topic along the same lines, okay. which is something we briefly talked about last week in the Lost episode. Uh, but um, Y'all, I made a really <laughs> funny joke about short hair, and I'm so disappointed it didn't make it to air. <laughs> I was so pleased with myself. Anyway. <laughs> Walgreens oh. is dumb right now. Walgreens... Walgreens? What uh, you doing, girl? Yeah. Uh... A woman in Albuquerque went to go pick up prescriptions, birth control pills for oh, her this daughter. Fucking yes. guy. She went to go pick again? up. Yes. She wanted to go pick up misoprostol, which is a quote unquote a drug that prepares a woman's body for the insertion of an IUD. Um, she wanted to go pick it up for her daughter. They had a prescription for it. Jesse Garrett was the pharmacy on du- pharmacist on duty, and what he said is, I can't give it to you. My personal beliefs prevent me from giving this child this product. And even when the manager said, like, what's going on here, he said, I have a, quote, pretty good idea why she needs this birth control pill, more or less. But, <laughs> Their medication. But, 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 but. It's I'll, not birth control. It's not. It's, it's, it's not totally birth not. control. I, by the and way, I, I said birth control. I don't know if he said that. But he had a pretty good idea no, what the medication I, would be for. And I should say, when he said he's not dispensing it, what Walgreens and what the pharmacy did, which yeah. is in line with Walgreens' uh policy on this mm-hmm. is was there anyone else on duty who could have dispensed it i guess the answer was no and by policy they basically rec- told the mother go to another walgreens miles and miles away to get this prescription filled that's the issue here. all right jesse hey 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 jesse it's just you and me first of all you're carrying quite a mantle with your name so could you stop fucking it up um, dude, <laughs> fuck you. Like, fuck all the way off. You don't, don't, Oh, don't. I should tell you, I get emails saying you swear. <laughs> They're not happy with your swear. I know. I get them all. I get the tweets and I read your <laughs> reviews. Sorry, guys. We put the explicit thing on the podcast. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not sorry. Sorry, kids. I don't know. <laughs> There's worse shit in the world. There really Like is. this guy. Like this Fucking guy. Jesse. The funny thing is, and this, oh, funny. Nah. The, the interesting thing about this is that 
when the ACLU and another group in New Mexico yeah. wrote a letter to Walgreens saying, what's up with this? They were, you know, suggesting maybe a lawsuit's in play here, mm-hmm. but they didn't do it because of, you know, he his religious beliefs should not have been used here. They didn't go that route. Okay. What they said is, because she was a girl, you didn't want to dispense this because you thought you knew what she needed it for. Oh, because you mentioned this last week, because yeah. that medication can be used for other... Stomach ulcers. Stomach it can ulcers. treat stomach ulcers, and usually men use it to treat stomach ulcers, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were saying, because this is a case of sex discrimination... You didn't yeah. give it to this woman because she needed it for her daughter. Mm-hmm. You would not have done this, the same thing you did, if she needed it for her son or her husband. So this is a sex discrimination case. So I don't know how this is going to play out. What's been interesting in the past week since we the lost episode is that I've seen <laughs> a lot of people online uh, write to Walgreens saying, we want a clarification on this policy because what's wrong with you? And pol- as far as I know, Walgreens responds to everybody with the same form letter saying, our policy is we will try to fill it in store but if no one on duty can fill your prescription for whatever reason, they will recommend you to a nearby store, Fucking which bullshit. isn't always an option for everybody. Like, it doesn't matter if it's not an option for for everybody. Like... That's not how the world fucking works. You <laughs> don't get too. to just like tiptoe. Like if I were a server and I was waiting. To, and so you're vegetarian. And you're and vegetarian. You didn't serve. Like <laughs> that's just not how your fucking world works, dude. Sorry. Like if you don't want to be like, quote unquote, complicit in steaks or birth control or whatever. I'm not going to sell you a Big Mac, even though I work at McDonald's. Yeah, like that's just not how the fucking world works. It's garbage. Never made any sense. The question now that I'm hearing from a lot of people and I'm seeing online is, okay, people might transfer their prescriptions to another pharmacy if there is one nearby them, which we have the luxury of that in our area. Sure. Not everyone does. No. But they all kind of want to know, what is your policy? What are you going to do in the same situation if someone says they have a religious belief that prohibits them from giving medication? I mean, I just don't see why it's an... I just don't see why any, like, smart corporation would be like, hey, if you have an relatively arbitrary objection to a thing. Like, what if you're a Scientologist and you're a pharmacist and you don't believe in antidepressants? Like, mm-hmm. sorry, dude, I need my antidepressants. Otherwise, I'm real sad. And like, this is why Walgreens really needs to make clear, look, if we carry this thing and you have a prescription with us, mm-hmm. you're going to get it when you come to the store. Yeah. Like, uh, barring something that's totally out of their control, <sighs> but not hiring a pharmacist who just doesn't want to do the job. Just why, why is this still... A discussion we have to have. Yeah. Why are we still assigning morality to medicine, to yeah. drug, to to things that and are? This isn't even like you said. This isn't birth control. This isn't an abortion drug. Right. <laughs> this, but this even is a so, preventative like that's the thing, thing. Is like, can we just please fucking God treat all medicines the same and all medical procedures the same? Because like, this is. It's. I'm tired of this. I'm so tired. Like, there's real problems in the world. There's real problems that I really would love for people to focus on and, like, really, like, find their hill to die on there. But it's not going to be selling an ulcer medicine to a woman. Yeah. Like, so I, you're not pa- winning Walgreens, any God points, dude. I thought there would be an update on this since last week that Nothing. Walgreens would have responded and said, here's our policy or here's how we're changing it or whatever. Yeah. As far as I know, they have not done that. And that's despite so many people writing to them and saying, we need clarification on this because this policy is crazy. <sighs> um, since you brought up McDonald's, look at me segueing. You brought up McDonald's. I know. Uh, oh, Don't that's right. That on me, asshole. Go me. Look at me segueing. <laughs> Joshua Feuerstein. Uh, Feuerstein, sorry. The evangelist who basically makes a bunch of vertical videos and yells at you. He's the guy who started the, uh, the Starbucks. Starbucks guy? Yeah, last year, was it? Uh, or two like years ago? The Starbucks released red does cups in winter. He does goatee? have a big head. And a backwards hat. Oh, okay, yeah. Yes, right and he raised $20,000 for a camera that he's never used. Oh, he's so brave. Uh-huh. Um, so okay, Joshua... Speaking of which, our Patreon is... <laughs> <laughs> Joshua made a video... Or he, the Starbucks thing. Starbucks yeah. released a red cup. That wasn't Jesus-y enough for this guy, so no. he raised a fuss about it. No. So if you heard about Starbucks had a red cup and there was controversy, it, it was that was this guy. This dude. Um, he's back. Um, well, at least one of these things went viral again because <sighs> last weekend was Pride Weekend in oh, D.C. No. They oh, had Pride oh, parades. Oh, I've heard about this one. And McDonald's, three McDonald's stores in the D.C. area said, "Hey, we're releasing our when you buy fries from us." At these locations on this weekend, mm-hmm. we're gonna give you the the fry box, but it'll be rainbow colored. Yay. Yay! That's the total amount of enthusiasm anyone should have for this. It's like, oh, that's cute. I'm done now. Um, 
Joshua was very, very mad about this, and he said, quote, Disgusting! McDonald's released their rainbow fries today in honor of gay pride. I'm tired of corporations trying to influence our families like this. Share this and let people know to stop eating at McDonald's. Plus, their food is crap. Really. Because he had to throw that in there. Oh, you really tacked that one out <laughs> at the end, huh? Yes. It's like he forgot. It sort of kind of uh, lessens your your call to boycott. If you're like, I don't like that. I don't like to eat that. It's like people boycotting like going to Hawaii because that judge hel- upheld Trump's travel, travel ban. <laughs> and people like... No, they struck it down, didn't they? Excuse me. They yeah. they upheld the... The strike down. Strike down. Yeah. Sorry, that's... Whatever More it was. More than I understand. But, yeah. but people are like, I'm never going to Hawaii. I'm like, you were never <laughs> going to Hawaii in the first place. But anyway. Yeah. Josh, if you don't want to go to McDonald's, like, you stop going first. We'll follow. Also, Let's see. dude, what does that mean? Push. They're just, influencing your family. Is, what are they influencing your kids with when I'm they so see rainbow colored with. fry boxes? It doesn't mean anything. Like, yeah. they say these things and they have zero things to back them up. Like, they just... <laughs> It's like your kids don't turn gay by eating from a fry box. That's not how it works. I mean, research science has not proven or disproven that. So I'll thank you to keep your opinions (laughs) to yourself. But like, your kids might somehow become more tolerant people. Right? They just say these words that sound meaningful that utterly are just utterly hollow. It's the same thing as like fundamental secularist. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> right. Just because you say it with verver doesn't mean it like <laughs> suddenly has me influencer and family. No, we're not influencing your family. We're mm-hmm. like, no, dude. Yeah. F- if your kids are influenced by fry boxes and your concern is the color of the box, like stop eating the fries. And that like, would be, that would be the bigger problem. And if you, ugh, no, the funniest whatever. thing about all this, and this to me is legitimately funny. <laughs> 10 minutes before he posted his fry rant, mm-hmm. he posted a meme on his Facebook page that, said if you're easily offended and looking for a safe space my page ain't it move along snowflake like he's making fun of people who get okay, sensitive okay. over things they Again, shouldn't Hemet, is he a troll i don't think he is i think he believes this stuff i think he exaggerates it but i think like deep <sighs> down he like this is how he thinks he should go about promoting himself i don't think he's making up the fact that he hates gay people yeah. I think he does, but he's yeah, and I mean, weird just, in terms I, of how people, how he reacts to all this stuff. I he really picks like the weirdest to battles. dive into this sort of, like when they bandy around, like calling people snowflakes. So so <laughs> the reason they call liberals snowflakes is because apparently we all think our, we're special little snowflakes. Mm-hmm. So, so, so in their mind, that means a person thinking that they are unique is necessarily a bad thing. I, yes. I mean, I don't know. It's not the uniqueness. It's that you think your beliefs have to be respected or that every little thing that you uh, get upset about, like we should take seriously all of your complaints. I think that's their frustration with it. Um, But it's the same thing like social justice warriors mm -hmm. of like, well, I'm not sure which part of that is bad. But I think social justice is a pretty good thing and being a warrior for that, same. I I just don't, just it just doesn't. At least in that battle, the social justice battle, it's so easy to throw out stereotypes and straw men on all the sides. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you're right. Social justice is not a bad thing. People Mm -hmm. advocating for that stuff isn't a bad thing. People being annoying isn't a new thing right. on any position, um, but conflating this idea that if you're supporting this stuff, then clearly you're on one camp or the other is ridiculous. Anyway. Um, I want to move to a story. Um, this one just amused me. This is a recent one, which is that Ken Ham has started a new tactic in terms of the Ark Encounter and how we like... Oh, the one vi- that's doing super, super good? Yeah, they haven't released numbers yet, but in July, so like they it's opened, definitely doing good. They, they opened on us. July seventh of last year, uh-huh. and as far as I know, they have not released official numbers. They will say things on social media like "We're doing great," their attendance was huge, and I've heard atheists say I've gone there mm-hmm. and look here's video. There's no one in line. There's no one in the place because uh-huh. they went on like a Tuesday in you know January or sure. something. So of course there's not going to be people there. So the question is, how good is their attendance really? Is it meeting the projections they had set up in advance? We don't have a definitive answer to that yet. Do we have their projections? Uh, yeah, we have their projections. Oh, yeah, We've had those for years because they needed it to mm-hmm. make a case for like getting a tax rebate, things like that. But 
we don't have anything official. And no one does. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it'll be coming out in the next month as Kentucky has to pay them their little rebate that they got, which could be very, uh, it could be worth up to like $18 million over 10 years. Um, it's a lot of money we're talking about here, yeah. but it's all dependent on ticket sales and how much money was spent there, how much money went back into the Kentucky economy. So Kentucky has to know how much money went into the economy yeah. so that we know how much to give you back. Uh-huh. And that is public information. So as soon as Kentucky like releases this stuff, we'll have some idea of how it's doing. I think it's lower than expected. That's my hypothesis here. That's my theory on this. But who knows? But here's what's interesting. I think Ken Ham is trying to like buffer himself from those accusations that is he already no making one cares. Excuses? Not only is he making excuses, he's already starting to blame atheists. Well, yeah. and by the way, part of you're this welcome, Kentucky. It's not just about Ark Encounter because the whole premise of Ken Ham building it in the part of Kentucky in Williamstown, so they're Kentucky. They're going to bring in tourism, right? Yes, tourism to the entire community, not just Williamstown, but Grant County, which it's in. Okay. Like it's a rising tide. Get like. No pun intended. It's going to lift all boats, right? <laughs> um, if you if people are coming in to visit Ark Encounter, they're going to spend money at the nearby hotels sure. and restaurants. So, hey, Grant County, give us all these perks to mm-hmm. build in your area because our success is going to mean your success. Yeah. And what we've seen in article after article is that a lot of businesses in the area are saying, I have not seen any growth or I've <laughs> seen very little growth. There's like one town that's nearby. I think it's called Dry Gulch. Like it's a nearby. <laughs> Come on, Sounds Kentucks. exactly like it, right? <laughs> like you would expect. Um, one area said there's a few people more, few more people coming to their area. But for the most part, most businesses in Williamstown have not seen a huge growth. Mm-hmm. And the argument from Ken Ham's side is, well, you haven't built the hotels yet. So people can't really stay here if they want to. You haven't built more restaurants that are making it more family-friendly. So part of this is your fault for not building it. All right, Ken. I know. They're very... It goes back and forth. It's a chicken and the egg sort of thing where both sides are blaming the other side for not doing enough or not sticking to their promises or what have you. But here... This was new. This week, this was new. Ken Ham basically accused atheists who are critical of him and everything he's done or not done Uh with Ark Encounter. He said, um, quote, they are, speaking of atheists, they are influencing business investors and others in such a negative way that they may prevent Grant County, Kentucky from achieving the economic recovery that its officials and residents have been seeking. As if me blogging or whatever, all these people criticizing it is the reason the hotel's not being built which is why the economy in the area is not doing well. I mean, I wish I knew I had this much power. I exactly. I would have spent it on something much better <laughs> than this dumb thing. Like, I wish that were true. Um, and he asked, the funny thing is, there was an article that prompted him complaining about this, which was saying a reporter from uh, the Lexington Herald-Leader spoke to some local business people uh-huh. and got them on record saying, like, yeah, we're not really doing well. And she made a couple mistakes, from what I can gather, she made a couple mistakes in the reporting. She said, this guy, for example, uh, owns like a Shake Shack or Snack Shack or whatever, and he shut down for three months in the wintertime. Look at how bad the economy's doing, right? And what that guy later told Ken Ham, when Ken Ham asked about it, is that, well, no, we had, uh, they closed it down because of uh, sewer lines needed repairing. Oh, uh So it had nothing to do with the economy. I'm like, okay, that's a legit complaint from Ken Ham. Mm -hmm. Like, they got it wrong with that implication. What he didn't say is, like, when the guy corrected the record, he didn't say, yeah, our, our sales are way up. He didn't say that. No, like they're he just still said, not doing well. We didn't close down specifically <laughs> because we're not making money. Another lady said uh, she owns a coffee shop in the area. She said, you know, I've had only, I think she said 4% of the sales from ARC visitors. Like it's not much. 4%? I don't, and I don't even know how she calculated yeah, it because unless they either. told her they were coming from there. Even that, that's but not. But that seems very low in terms of all the investment that went into it. But what she said on Facebook later was that. This is not the ARC's fault. This is not the city's fault. It is all of our faults. Like, again, everyone needs to pitch in. What she didn't say is that I'm doing super better. <laughs> like, it's so it's not entirely to blame, but yeah, well, it's okay, kind of their fault, too. But also, I think there has to be an aspect of, like, those companies weren't making big promises. The only person making promises That's right. is Ken Ham and his ilk. He they were the only ones who were saying, huge. hey, we're going to be great for this town. 
They got the land at a sweetheart deal. They borrowed, like, uh, they are selling bonds for virtually nothing, like, drunk bonds. Like, it's incredible. You're right. It's a sweetheart deal that Ken Ham got from the city, from the county, all around, from the state of Kentucky. Yeah. And you're right. These businesses that were already there, they were going to be there regardless. The question is, are they really getting a boost there is really no proof of that. And there's one guy, um, his name is, I think, Steve Wood, who's been a critic since this, ha- since for the past year, every interview you see this guy mentioned, mm-hmm. who just says, like, we haven't seen the economy boosting. We haven't seen people visiting these areas mm-hmm. and the local communities, part of which is because Ark Encounter is not really close to the community oh, around it. You have to take, like, a shuttle bus from the parking lot to get to Ark Encounter. Like, so... Really? Yeah, and if you're going to visit Ark Encounter... Um, you're not exactly next door. It's not like Disney World. You hop on like a tram and you're sure. already there. Um, you got to do a little driving to even get to the community. And mm-hmm. that's part of the problem too. Yeah. Um, well, and I think also, and and not to pretend I know that much about any of, you know, mm-hmm. community building or anything, but I have to imagine this whole like, oh, well, you need to put in the restaurants and put in the hotels and people will come to it. I have to imagine that there are people who very much want to capitalize on any profit that can be made. But if one hotel isn't selling out or whatever, or one, you know, restaurant isn't, you know, killing it every Friday and Saturday night, who would like, you don't make an investment on a wing and a prayer on an unproven quote unquote theme park. Like there's never been something like this before. So it's not like they can say, Oh, when they opened Disney world, this happened to Orlando or the Disneyland with Anaheim. And Disneyland. Disneyland and Anaheim? Uh, Doesn't matter. I don't know. Um, So it's not like this is, you know, we've seen this model before, so obviously everybody's rushing to make these investments. Like, if they're not selling out a hotel, nobody's going to put in, like, a Hyatt Grand Regency hotel in there, crossing their fingers that that something's going to, that people are also going to come out and... I was trying to make a pun about come out and waves, (laughs) but it just, I couldn't find it fast enough. Let Let me add one more thing to this whole conversation. Um, uh, last week, New York Times reported that Disney World in Florida, in Orlando, was yeah. seeing a drop in attendance. Mm-hmm. Um, that's weird because usually you don't see that at Disney World. They have actually made more profits than before, but the attendance wasn't as much. And they just opened Harry Potter uh, World, so I'm... And they did. Uh, is Wait, that Disney or is that Universal? Disney. No, it's not Disney. It's, it's Universal. Okay. I'm thinking of Star Wars. doesn't but, matter. But um, they are not seeing the attendance they wanted. And the article, basically, the people they talked to said, it's higher ticket prices. That's the deterrent. Um, a guy named C. Britt Beamer wrote an article for the Orlando Sentinel where he basically said... He used to place classified ads in that paper. paper. <laughs> yeah. uh, he works for a group called, the, uh, called America's Research Group, and they do a lot of studies on... It sounds like a shell company. Est- <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is the estimated attendance to theme parks, attractions? They do studies on this stuff. Okay. And what he said is, I research this all the time. I even did it for Ken Ham's Creation Museum 10 years ago when it opened. I predicted, he said, I predicted they would have 400,000 people visiting in the first year. And? Um, the final number was 404,000. So I'm, up, he's saying, I'm dead on. I'm good about this stuff. I know how this stuff works. Yeah. And what he said is the reason Disney World was having lower attendance is because, especially in the past year after the Pulse Nightclub Massacre, uh-huh. Disney's gone all out in their pro-LGBT stuff by hoisting rainbow flags and promoting themselves as being a LGBT-friendly place. And that is off-putting to evangelical Christian families who no longer want to go there. Really? And then he added, like, they don't want to go there, so if when they're planning their vacations, they're planning it for places like Ark Encounter and the Creation Museum in Kentucky. Okay, let me tell you a couple things about this. I was following his logic for a (laughs) sec, but I swear to God, if my parents told me we were supposed to go to Disney World and went to the Ark Encounter (laughs) instead, I still wouldn't be talking to them. (laughs) Right. He said, he says... Ark Encounter is going to have an estimated 2 million visitors within the next three years. It's going to be a viable alternative for family vacation dollars. <clears throat> and if the image of Orlando continues to cause consternation among evangelical Christians, Disney World's attendance will continue to slide. A couple things about this. are up, so... <clears throat> you know what they didn't say in the article, even in his little bio? His bio basically said he's the founder of America's Research Group. Is there a what chance it didn't this say, guy isn't super neutral? Um, uh-huh. <laughs> Turns out... <laughs> He wrote a book with Ken Ham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
He's Ken Ham's co-author. They just didn't mention any of that. Oh my god! And his research. Oh man, totally on the nose. And his research that he does for America's Research Group was cited by Ken Ham in another book. Oh, like they're BFFs. They are friends. And so, of course, he's not only trashing Disney World as another attraction alternative. They're going to go to Ark Encounter. Why not? This. That's like if I like wrote an article about how like Friendly Atheist is doing really well. I I don't know <laughs> totally why. I just here. think so. I've just been doing some science <laughs> research with my science book. Yeah. It's it's absurd. <laughs> and it's even if he was objective, which he's not, it's a dumb argument. Like no one like you said, no one's saying no kids are saying, I don't want to go to Disney World. Take me to the museum that's not a museum with a couple of zip lines and maybe they have zip lines? They have zip lines because they're trying to attract people to there. But what does that have to do with anything creationism? Nothing. But it's like, hey, look, we have a couple zip lines. Ignore Harry Potter World and Universal Studios and ignore yeah, all if, the other stuff. It's a totally good substitute. That's an excellent point that I was kind of turning around in my head of like, okay, even if they don't, like, Disney World isn't the only thing in Orlando that's like <laughs> bringing people in. There's other shit down there yeah. for the kiddos. If you're going to Ark Encounter Creation Museum instead of Disney World, it's just another example of Christians trying to rip off of secular pop culture and doing a horrible job of it. It's like those bad Christian movies. It is. Like that no one would ever see or bad Christian music that's supposed to be a boy band, but it's like they're all wearing their promise rings and all that. It's not really oh, as good. Promise rings going to be EBGBs. <laughs> But yeah, it was, it's a horrible article, but it, there's nothing to back up this idea that any Christians oh, are not going to Disney World because it's too gay for them. I needed to laugh like that. <laughs> at first I was like, well, um, that's a big fat bummer if that's a real thing. And yeah. Nope. No uh, evidence to back that one up. Do they know, have they attributed the downturn in ticket sales to anything? I think ticket sales is the only explanation they could come up with. Just that, um, or that they're expensive the ticket prices? Yeah. Um, nothing else that I've read has suggested there's some other overarching explanation. Uh-huh. Um, maybe people aren't traveling as much. Maybe people sure. aren't because uh, whatever they're online too. But whatever, I don't they're know. Online too but much. it's but Shut it's not. It's it. just ticket prices is the only thing that's really changed. Yeah. And maybe and but again, when you have more attractions or something new comes up, no, no one's not going to Disney World. Right. Um. All right. Let's I got go one Disney World. Yeah. Can we do a live episode from Disney World? Oh, yeah. I'm sure I'll, just I'll, drag pull, this out shit the, around. I'll pull out the Patreon dollars right now. <laughs> hey, guys, that I don't have a job works. now. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast. Jessica needs to eat. Jessica needs to eat. Because this used to go towards like, I'll bring a nicer bottle of wine for yeah. recording. And now it's like, food, please. <laughs> That's not true. I'm not starving. It's but still, Patreon.com. Yes. Slash friendly at these podcasts. There you go. I got one last story for you. This yeah. is one we brought up last week. You referred to it earlier. Um, but it, I can't not bring this up. Uh, there was a Christian conference for women in no, Australia wait. a couple of weeks ago called Equip. I'm pouring another um, bottle. Uh, yeah, glass you may champagne. need a little. Uh, and one of the speakers, Carmelina Reed, basically said she, she on her PowerPoint or whatever, she had a picture of the actress Kristen Stewart, who now has very Kristen Stewart, short. Katie Perry. Uh, Kristen Stewart. Okay. Um, but she has very short blonde hair mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. as does Katy Perry. Mm-hmm. And this speaker's argument was, uh, I'm quoting from the article here, um, was this platinum blonde buzz cut, asked Carmelina Reed, appropriate for a woman? Was it feminine and submissive or instead flagging independence and rebellion? <laughs> it might be more in line with God's good design to have long hair because it was a visible sign of the difference between men and women in which God delighted. Oh, yeah, this is what I'm even arguing. <laughs> I really could joke about how short hair isn't appropriate for me because I cut it short and it didn't look very good, so I'm growing it back out. So, no, it's not appropriate for everybody. Some people don't have the facial structure to pull it off. We all learn lessons. That was my funny joke. It was funnier last week. That I'm sorry, good. guys. Also, I listened uh, to your last episode. Yeah. <laughs> you said That's what that. I do. You said that she said it wasn't feminist instead of wasn't oh, feminine. Ah. I was like, oh, that's the opposite that of what was a she mistake. meant. My bad. No, it's, um, fine. it's just one of those like, mm. um, so the funniest thing yeah. about the reaction to this. First of all, some women in that conference left the room when she said this. Yeah. Good for them. Good. Um, one of the participants actually wrote about it on, and said, uh, when you're trashing women with short hair, and she kind of understood what she was saying, what the speaker was saying. But she's like, when you're trashing women with short hair, you are trashing cancer patients. 
or women who lose their hair oh, because of pregnancy or illness or, quote, half of Africa. <laughs> like, there are people with short hair for cultural reasons or because medical reasons. They have to have it or they don't get a choice about this. It, okay, in their okay. opinion, God doesn't love them less right. because of that, and that's an absurd thing to say. Here's the thing with that. That doesn't there, even get to the heart of the no, actual it, that's argument. That's the thing. Is it do, it, like, yes, I get what she's saying, and and to put that final point on it, I think, is, is a point that is worth making, that even the most devout Christian-y Christian women, woman who's got the long hair and the bouffant yeah. or whatever, the, all of the 19 kids and counting... Kids all have that, like, bouffant thing. Yeah. They must tease the shit out of their hair. I've tried to do that. I can't do it. <laughs> this is another episode of Hair Woes with Jessica. Um, anyway, but it yes, there are people who have short hair because of reasons, reasons. reasons outside of their control. <laughs> yes. But to slam women for having short hair is just... And saying God doesn't love and them enough. And saying God doesn't love them enough, or they <laughs> the don't same. love God enough, or yes, whatever. That's better. I just don't, like... It's such a, like, a we- not, I was going to say low bar. It's not a low bar or high. It's just a weird fucking bar to set of, like, how... And we're not talking about, like, oh, people who have pink hair think this. Or, you know, people with tattoo. Or just something that's, like, out of the main... If they have some hairstyle, God doesn't... Yeah, isn't like, happy with them either. A, a, like, a very... in like, granted, yeah, Kristen, Kristen Stewart or Katy Berry, whomever. Like, yeah. very... Like, it's a very... Um, I guess masculine haircut traditionally, I guess, but like the, so so a so b like there are women with short hair and it's I don't know what I'm getting. It's just frustrating. Like why do you? I guess what it comes down to, Hemet, is why is this a thing you care about? Like why is this a thing that not only you're willing to discuss among your friends or write about on a blog or yell about on a podcast, but you're gonna go to a conference and put a PowerPoint slideshow together and make sure you include that picture of Kristen Stewart or whomever, (laughs) because this is a really salient point for you. Like it just, I just, just, just lady fucking figure your life out a little bit. It also makes you wonder like how long does hair have to be before Jesus is happy about it? That's a good question. Like when does it go from being short hair to being acceptably long? I think mine's now because it's in a tiny ponytail. So yeah, tiny like ponytail. if you can do a tiny ponytail, mm-hmm. does Jesus love you now? But I still have this kind of scruff underneath, so maybe he doesn't <laughs> love me quite yet. And it's also funny because how many pictures that Christians parade around or have in their homes or whatever show Jesus with long hair? Oh, that's a good point. Well, and... I, I don't recall seeing pictures of Jesus with super short hair like a smart buzz cut yeah like you don't see that picture <laughs> like and, high and, and it's not like any of those are supposed to be historically accurate i know we project wait, that image wait, onto jesus what? i know they didn't have pictures Hemet. of jesus we're gonna have to talk about I this know. off the show um but it's like if the women with sh- uh, short hair is not feminine enough what happens when jesus has long hair that's a good point i didn't think of is that, that too but, feminine but also I would say most women who are like 60 plus who have ever met have short hair. Like, it's not like it's a thing most women don't have. Like, A, it's a really popular hairstyle right now of women of all ages, but like most older women I know just have short hair. Like, when they get a part, like the And Jesus that, doesn't love them. Well, that's a good point. I yes. didn't think, I didn't consider the fact that she's right and Jesus just doesn't love them. For that really cool, legitimate reason. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you can you can go to heaven if you accept Christ, but, you know, if your hair is too short, forget it. Uh, um, it's an absurd thing to say. And, and at least some women fought back against it. Why do you have two lamps in that corner? I don't ask. <laughs> One of them, both of them don't work. Oh, perfect. We need to get rid of those. <laughs> On that note... <laughs> Um. Cool. So hopefully you guys hear. It. If you if you're <laughs> listening to this, Hemant didn't then fuck it worked. up again. I know. Uh, hopefully it'll work, and then we'll be back next week with different uh, stories. I'm sure stuff will happen. Stuff always happens. Stuff always happens. Uh, thanks for listening. If you like what you're listening to, Patreon.com/slash/FriendlyAtheistPodcast. Jess has got to eat. Jess has uh, got to fo- eat. Follow me at Blueberry B L U E B U R E. People have said really nice things because I made a joke yesterday about how I lost my job, and people have said super like it was a joke, and people were like. You'll land on your feet. I'm like, oh, you guys Aww. are nice and cool. Thank you, That's everybody. Nice I really like hearing from people. That's it nice. makes my heart happy. Uh, I'm at Heaven Meta. I will hear from people whether I want to or not. So. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, guys, if you're writing to complain about my swearing, like complain to your friends. We don't care. 
This is there's such a good chance that I will never ever ever stop swearing. I'm sorry. It's not my favorite trait, but here we are. It's okay. I did get I did get one email saying I'm too sarcastic, which (laughs) (laughs) really wow. There was you haven't met me. There was I really am. There was an iTunes review that was basically like. If Hemant ever starts his own show without that annoying co-host, I'll listen to that. (laughs) Too bad. Guys, sorry. Like, I'm not apologizing for my swear. I'm sorry that this is a thing that is that bothersome to you. Like, I think that's the thing that bothers me. It's like, you you were so upset about this that you wanted to write in about that. All right. I mean, that's your thing, I guess. Um, My Etsy shop is um, Bitches Get Stitched Done. If you want to buy a weird dumb cross stitch, I've got some more time on my hands these days. I can make (laughs) you something weird and stupid. Excellent. Probably has swears in it. Sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry, y'all. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.